0: Okay, quick question: um, For what do you behold? For what do you behold? Paperclip. For what do you behold? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody see a house? Does anybody see a house? If this paperclip was red, would you see a house? Has anybody seen the TED talk about how a man traded a red paperclip? Yeah. Rhoda and I watched it last night. This guy had a red paperclip. And he had it in his desk and he wondered, Hey, I wonder if you've got any purpose. And I wonder if I traded you where this adventure would go. So he took something seemingly insignificant, something that nobody would give a second look to, and wondered what the journey, where the journey would lead. So he put it on Craigslist, which is Tinternet, America, and somebody said, I have got a pen that looks like a fish. I will trade you for that. So he said, Okay. It's a bit better and a bit bigger. I'm going to go for it. Anyways, he goes on. It's about a 15-minute TED Talk. And he goes on and eventually he gets a house. Now, I want to encourage you that you may feel a bit like a paperclip. You may feel a bit overlooked, a bit neglected, a bit bypassed, a bit has-been, a bit whatever. But when God looks at you, he does not see something as worthless. Let me just tell you this, and this is an absolute credit to you. I've had a couple of talks prepared for today. But the talk I've landed on, I think anywhere else, I'd be just like, I can't do that there. Because people will think I'm too simple. Too simplistic or whatever. But I know here, you say, Andy, we love you for who you are. You don't have to impress us or anything like that. (laughs) Not that I could, but anyways. Well, unless I showed you some wrestling skills, then that would be different. You want to go right now? All right, okay. You may not know this about me, but I'm always wearing a full Cumberland wrestling outfit (laughs) under my clothes because you never know when the action's going to go down. If you've never seen Cumberland Wrestling, um, uh, you want to just something to make your heart smile, have a quick look and always go into images first. Cumberland Wrestler image, and it just brings joy to your heart. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said to me last week oh, you know when you went on your sabbatical? Before you are going to come back all like really focused and talk about Jesus. And you started to speak a few weeks ago for like two or three minutes. And we were like, oh, and then you're like, yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, same Andy. So I am, I'm kind of sorry. Um, it's funny, I look to my notes like they're going to help. So here's, here's my simple talk. Here's the thing: if my hand represents Holy Spirit, this hand here represents Holy Spirit. When Holy Spirit comes over voidness or darkness and emptiness, he brings life. When Holy Spirit um, comes over Mary, life happens. When Holy Spirit comes over Elizabeth, life happens. When Holy Spirit comes over a a desert, life happens. When Holy Spirit comes over an empty river, the river flows. When Holy Spirit when Holy Spirit comes, life happens. When Holy Spirit comes under a rock hard heart like mine, life happens. When Holy Spirit comes over you, life happens. When Holy Spirit comes over Salford, it changes. I have got nothing else to say today apart from Holy Spirit is still hovering over things, places, and people. And Holy Spirit is still today wanting to do what Holy Spirit does best. Bring life. He wants to infuse life. Like, you know, Heineken. Yes, Jan, say that again. Did we all hear that? It refreshes the parts that other beers cannot reach. Adverts work, eh? So Heineken refreshes the parts that other beers cannot reach. And I want to declare to you, and this is a stand-on-chair moment, oh, okay. a steady chair moment, <laughs> that I declare to you, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit refreshes paths that nothing and no one and religion certainly cannot reach. And I have a sense today that God, by His Holy Spirit, is hovering over me and of you and over your heart and over your family, over your situation. And He is wanting to bring life. We, as a church here in this city, we've got nothing else. We don't have steps programs. We don't have all of this other stuff. Unless God's part of the story, the story will not change. Unless God is in the question and the answer, things are not going to shift. So we've got nothing else to give. We've got nowhere else to go apart from God. He's a God who is for you. He loves you. And he may see you, but he sees you differently. Ricky last week declared and bellowed that God is a God of the impossible. There's no paperclip will stay a paperclip in God's hands. And friend, I want to let you know that there is a God. His name is Jesus, and He loves you, and He is for you. And one of He, I mean, He's a recycler like nobody else can recycle. He was before restoration, before it even became cool on channel 4. That he's nobody can restore quite like the Father. And you know why he's the best restorer? Because he's the original designer. And he still remembers what it looked like. So each and every one of us, the Bible declares that have been made in the image of God. And I'm sure we've picked up some muck and dirt and pain and hurt and all of that stuff. But God looks at us and sees us and loves us back into life. Nobody can do it quite like him. I had a sense um, to mention this. I think this is for somebody called Joseph. But also... I think this is for a sense, and I'm not saying Joseph is this, wait, but I have a sense that this is for anybody who feels that they've been dealt um, a bad hand. Like people around the table have got a really good hand in cards, and the cards have come to you, and you've had a little, you've curled a corner, and something in your heart sunk, and you're like, ah, I've just been dealt a bad hand. And I think these people in the room today, that's you. And it, it's like your heart's sunk. And this is not a recent thing. I think this has been, for some of us, it's been a decade-long thing. Like these decades into this feeling I've just been dealt a, a bad hand. You know what's interesting? In, in the Luke's... Yeah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All different people telling the same story about Jesus. It's really interesting. They understand it and they're telling of the Christmas story. Like Matthew takes a bit of time. Luke takes a bit of time. Uh, John kind of comes at it a bit of a slightly different way. It's a bit like, you know, like when God's word spoke into creation and things shifted. Well, God... His word is now called Jesus, and he's going to bring life. But interesting, in Luke's telling of the Christmas story, we have Joseph. And this Joseph is quite a remarkable man. Now, in the Luke's telling of the story, um, there's no mention at all of um, yeah, there's no telling us at all of what happens with Joseph. It's just saying Mary, under the Holy Spirit, finds herself with child. So life comes. And then the go, story goes on. And that they find themselves in Bethlehem. And Jesus is born. But there's a gap in the Joseph story. Because there's miraculous things happening all around him. God is speaking to Mary, to Elizabeth, to John, all different people. But in Luke's story, God is not speaking to him. It feels like he's been left out of the story. It feels like he's been overlooked or bypassed. Or maybe feels like he's been dealt a bad hand. It's interesting in Matthew. And whether because Matthew had got a, a one-on-one with Joseph and heard from him... His experience of the Christmas story, I don't know. But here's what's interesting. Let me read this to you. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Sorry, I should just mention Mark. I forgot to mention Mark before. Mark, he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Jesus is here. That's his telling of the Christmas story, just to let you know. Um, So in Matthew, it says this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, fiancé thank you, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So do we understand this? So God has been speaking to different people, but Joseph has heard nothing. The miraculous is going on all around him, but he's just been left with a question. How is this Mary now pregnant? And the only conclusion he can come to, because he is a good man, he says, I'm just going to divorce her quietly, not to shame her, not to embarrass her. This is the only way that for Mary to remain uh, with grace. So he is stuck, and he's got nowhere else to go. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you, and you, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. So I wanted to just take a moment to speak for those who are feeling like you've been dealt a bad hand. I have a sense of God has wanted to meet you this morning and to say, I have a plan for you. And I think there's something significant about Joseph getting to name Jesus. Because the naming of, a G, naming of Jesus is significant. Because he's declaring in a name what is actually going on. The name Jesus means God saves. Or I will save. Salvation has come in this one. And the name Emmanuel is in God is with us. So if you are sensing that you are alone in this. That nobody else quite gets you and you've been overlooked, overtaken or whatever. I want to let you know that God is wanting to speak into your story and to bring hope. And there in that moment when hope, when hope arrives in Joseph's cul-de-sac of despair, God turns up or whether actually God turns up and hope flourishes. So here's my question to you. When hope comes to town, what happens? When hope comes to town, what happens? Helen! I asked Helen before. Helen, when hope comes to town, what happens? Did we all hear that? When hope comes to town, hopelessness moves out. This is the heckling bit. When hope comes to town, what happens? Joy moves in when hope comes to town everything looks colorful ha when hope comes to town heartache is gone when hope comes to town when hope comes to town Life happens. When hope comes to town. Paper clips, can become paper clips become houses. <laughs> can become houses. When hope comes to town. I heard that recently. When hope comes to town. I, gr- I agree. Amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Bono sang, when love comes to town, I'm going to get on that train. When hope comes to town, I'm all in. And I know you are people who are all in as well. So today, I, I, I actually physically want to step into hope. I, I want to get into hope. I want to stand in hope. I want to hold on to hope. I want hope to hold on to me as well. Because we need hope in this despair that we find ourselves in. And so for Joseph, in his story where he just felt like it was a huge God gap, God meets him in that moment. And this same way, the same way, the same way, so under the Holy Spirit, where life happens and things shift, what I'd like us to do now, and this might get a little bit awkward, I don't think so. Yeah, it might. And this is what I was kind of most nervous about, but I don't really, no, I do care but not enough. Um, it's a little bit like you're making a move on someone. What I mean by that is this. Um, for example, they, they used to call me a smooth mover. Used to. used to. So what you can do is like a stretch. Ah, ah. Now, that's what we're not going to do. But what I invite you to do, we're going to do sneaky prayer ministry. So you can do a stretch if you want, but you can't just like this. Okay. See, you have been anointed. And what you have is like a treasure. And God has a history of putting treasure in cracked pots. Just like me and just like you. But who you are is an absolute gift to the person sitting beside you. So what we're going to do now is just pray for one another. Now, we're just going to do in baby steps, okay? Because I don't want to um, alienate more people than I already have done. So I think what we'll do first, and you might want to roll your sleeves up. You might not. That's okay. If you don't have sleeves, that's okay. That looks a bit weird. Just forget about the sleeves. I don't know why I did that. I think it took something from the moment. Why don't you just take your hand and put it over your heart first? If you want to close your eyes, that's fine. If you want to keep them open to see what's happening, that's okay as well. And I don't know how you picture your heart. Perhaps it's like in the Genesis story is voidness and darkness and emptiness and chaos. And we're just going to pray very simply. Come Holy Spirit. And whether you believe or don't believe, this could be your moment. Whether you're here skeptical. Why? You've got nothing to lose. Why don't you just put your hand over your heart and say, Holy Spirit, if you're really real, Would you bring life to my heart? Would you bring order to chaos? Light to darkness? Form to formlessness? Now there's absolute freedom here today. But if you want, I know for some of our heads, that's where the chaos has been. And I feel today that God has wanted to bring some peace. So if you want, why don't you put your hand over your head and just pray the same. And you can pray something along the lines of, Holy Spirit, come. Bring your peace. Bring your rest. Holy Spirit speaks your language. You just talk to him. He, he's here. He's here. You can sense the peace in the room. It's not a change in the temperature. It's not a change in the atmosphere. It's, it's him. It's him. So I speak to anxiety to go in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We, we break off trauma in the name of Jesus. We declare wholeness. For some of us in the room, we feel like we've been nearly cursed with our name. But God is today wanting to remind you what your name really means. And we've got some pearls in the room. We've got some beautiful little pearls in the room. Margaret, your name means pearl, little pearl. He thinks you're so precious. Alan, your name means harmony. Father, I thank you for harmony. And we know that the enemy would want the opposite for you and your household. So I thank you for Alan McManus, you are harmony. Now, just in this moment here, why don't you just raise your hand and put it over the person sitting beside you. And just pray your very best prayer. If you want to pray out loud, that's fine. If you, we sometimes do this with our kids. We just pray quietly. And when you're done, just say, Amen. The Holy Spirit is here. He is here. So come Holy Spirit, come fill us. I would like to commission you as a hope dealer. A dealer of hope. And if you're a real dealer, start now. Richard Lowe, God has changed you from a dope dealer to a hope dealer that's a bit of all right. So he has commissioned dope deal uh, hope dealers. Are we hope dealers into dope dealers? No. <laughs> From dope dealers to hope dealers. Let's get that right. Um, and you know what though, friends? We've been praying for the Cumbrian line, um, the county line drug dealers. And I don't know if you've been tracking what's happening in the press, but There was something in the press recently where the headline said the county line drug dealers have been pushed back from Cumbria. That's only Jesus. But that's only half the story. I don't want them to stop dealing drugs. I want them to start dealing hope. So, people, would you just ask if anybody needs a bit of hope? And would you just pray hope into their hearts and into their lives? Sometimes, if I'm not sure what to pray, I'll sometimes ask people if there was one thing I could pray, what would it be? And then your hand has been anointed. And if you want to just take their hand, like a handshake, or if you don't know them too well, put it on your shoulder if that's okay by them. If you like the look of them, I don't know, maybe a little cuddle, I don't know. (laughs) But you are a hope dealer. So deal away, give away. Um, I have a sense, actually, that in the the Christmas story, you've got this Nazareth Nazareth, where Jesus came came from. And people said, what good thing can come from that place? And I think there's somebody in the room that somebody has once said from you that no good will come from you. I don't know if that's anybody here. You're brave enough to say who it is. But somebody once said there's no good going to come from you. Is that you, Helen? I just want to let you know this is not true. Yeah. So would somebody pray for Helen? If there's anybody else, if if you want a bit more hope, a bit more prayer, um, would you just turn to the person beside you and say, I I need a bit more hope. I need a bit more courage. I need a bit more. And ask them to pray. So we've got got time. So let's just take a few more minutes to give away what God's given you.
1: So um, I don't know if this is just for me or if this is for anyone here. But... um... When hope comes to town, hopelessness, yeah, is gone. But there's disappointment, as well, that's that's gone. And I feel like maybe some people here have had promises, or they've had there's been some sort of like, oh, this is going to happen, and it's just led to disappointment. And maybe you just need to hear that hope hope in Jesus. That doesn't lead to disappointment, <laughs> you know? It's like, you know, with the, um, the Coca-Cola ads with Father Christmas coming to town. It's like, how excited would you be if Father Christmas came to town? And it's like, yes, he's going to bring me that skateboard I've been wanting. And he hands you a bottle of Coke. It's like, oh, cheers. Cheers, Santa. I got a Coca- Coca-Cola. I was actually after a skateboard. You know? Or what about, like, football's coming home? You know how hyped up we all got with the World Cup, singing about three lions. Football's coming home. Yeah, it didn't though, did it? This is not hype. This is not fluff. Hope is coming. It won't lead to disappointment. It won't lead to a trophy that will get forgotten about. It's real. And if there's disappointment over things you've had in your life, like you need to know... That the hope in Jesus is not going to be dis- disappointment. Yeah. I, I
0: have a sense that actually that is for someone here. I have a sense what Steve has just said, it's actually for someone. And this is not about embarrassing people in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like there's a moment, if you want to step out of that disappointment and into hope, then why don't you come to the front? Um, This is kind of like the best end we're going to have, really. Around about half past the kids will be done. But I I feel like God is still wanting to minister today. I feel like God is still wanting, like Holy Spirit is still wanting to come over hearts and lives and bring life. But I want to invite you to come to the front. And we're just going to get a couple of people to pray for you. If you'd like, if God's been speaking to you, then just come to the front. This is a new day and a new start.